Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, uh, we have a lot of news to actually talk about today. Usually this is supposed to be the time of the year where we just kind of coast, maybe go to a couple games, do a couple features instead. Um, it seems to be really news heavy yesterday. You called me and you basically made it sound like everything's exploding. And uh, in, a li- in a figurative sense, it kind of was yesterday with the news. Well, I thought, first of all, I thought St. Cloud was on fire or something with all the all the smoke around here. Learned that that was a wildfire, which obviously is not good, but I'm glad that St. Cloud isn't burning down. Because <laughs> that would have been another thing to put on my list. Um, but yes, no, a lot of news happening around the area. Um, two ADs both um, will not be returning for the 2021-22 school year. Um both for different reasons. Um, and then also a handful of coaching changes um, as teams are, or got people are either leaving their position or getting hired as a head coach. So um, quite a bit of, yeah, quite a bit of stuff going on yesterday that I was not expecting, but uh, that's okay. I guess it got some news stories out of it. So there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of those changes. Um, what that's going to look like for the upcoming school year and kind of the local high school scene. And then we're also going to discuss a bit about amateur baseball playoffs uh, for the league playoffs now that we do have those brackets and the times for those first round games. Uh, So we'll preview that a little bit later in the podcast. Um, And we'll also talk along with amateur baseball, a little amateur soccer that I got to see last night on Tuesday night. um, And I'm going to be seeing some more on Thursday night. So we're recording this um, on a Wednesday morning, kind of back to that normal schedule that we try to keep to. So um, that's a positive as well. But I think we should start with, um, I would say the ADs, um, kind of the changes there. Uh, Brian, do you just kind of want to run through kind of what led um, to those changes and what kind of news you figured out when you were uh, talking to people yesterday? Yeah, I think the biggest news from yesterday was um, just in the St. Cloud community area was David Langerud. Um, and his resignation from Tech Activities Director. He's kind of been a big vocal um, point for St. Cloud, just with being not only at Tech, but also being at Apollo. He was the AD over at Apollo for five years and then kind of transitioned into Tech for three years, um, right when they were kind of building that new Tech high school. And he's been kind of that guy that has cared a lot about this community He's wanted to see athletics and activities thrive in, in the St. Cloud community. Um, and you can tell just the way that he cares about these athletes, these coaches, and the families. Um, it's obviously not an easy choice for him, but um, I think it was something that he really wanted to do. And so, um, yeah, he, his last day will be July 30th. And uh, it's kind of, it, it'll be. I know I know talking to Lori Putnam, the um, assistant superintendent, she was saying that they are looking for someone within the next couple of weeks to hire because um, they got to get them kind of into a rhythm as they get ready for this upcoming school year that happens. I mean, practices start up August 9th for football and August 16th for the rest of the sports. So um, coming up here pretty quick. Definitely. So, yeah, I know that's a it's a it's going to be a big change. Like you said, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what um, new face steps into that role. That's, you know, a, will be a really big deal around here. And while that will be well, I guess we'll see if it's a face we know or if it's some someone completely different. But 
for Apollo as well, changing athletic director uh, activities directors. Um, that is a more familiar face, um, someone that we've seen in winter coverage before. Um, you want to talk a little bit about kind of the different scenario too um, with Apollo also getting a new activities director. Yeah, Apollo, um, Peter Peter Hammerlink. He was um, he was the interim activities director for the 2020-2021 school year. And when you're under an interim contract, um, for what Lori Putnam told me was that they open up the job board or the job posting to anyone after that year is done. Sometimes, you know, that individual will reapply and try to get it. Um, for as like a permanent based AD. Um, sometimes they find out that, you know, it's not right for them and then they move on. Um, it sounds like he did apply for the job. Um, Peter did, but um, they did select Alexandria Badger, um, who is very familiar with the Apollo community and Apollo High School. She's been a teacher at Apollo doing ESL, so English as a second language. Um, she's been a teacher there since 2014. And then she's also been the boys swimming and diving coach, um, head coach since 2014 as well. Um, she also worked around the girls swimming and diving program a little bit too during her time at Apollo. But boys swimming has been kind of her her main thing. And the biggest thing with um, what Lori kind of told me was they really liked her drive and her commitment to the growth of a program. Um, when she came in in 2014 as the head coach, um, the boys swimming program didn't really have anybody going to state for the last two decades, honestly. Um, it had been kind of a, a struggling in a sense, and she was able to kind of start to put the pieces together to make the right program. And now she's been able to send a handful of um, swimmers, relay teams, divers to the state tournament over the past, you know, two, three years. And, um, and it's due to the fact that she really commits year long to this position. Um, and so, and she's also been doing camps on the outside, just being able to grow not only the high school scene, but also the younger kids wanting to swim and wanting to get into the program and, and continuing to con continue their swimming careers and such. So, um, so she just has done a really good job with the growth of that program. And so they think that she's going to be able to be capable of doing that on a more bigger scale with all the programs at Apollo High School. So the one thing she is sad about is that she has to say goodbye as a head coach to the boys swimming and diving program. That's one thing that she really um, kept close to her heart along with her teaching um, of ESL. Um, but now, obviously, she's going to be in a much bigger role, so she can't be doing those types of positions. But um, she'll be able to do quite a bit for Apollo just on a larger scale compared to just boys and swimming and diving. Yeah. And I'm excited to see, I know in your story as well, you kind of highlighted that um, she kind of has some initiatives or focus to kind of get younger kids involved in athletics activities um, is something that she's interested in. I'm, I'm especially, that'll be really important at Apollo, which um, has struggled for, um, you know, amount of people in some sports and especially you know there's a couple we've noticed that the numbers have just kind of been down in recent years and that's a big reason why they're co-oping with tech in a lot of sports and tech also there's there's some um that have been down um in, you know amount of participants so um i think that's really important too just to build that so maybe there is a point where they could have um their own team again in some of these sports if both schools kind of start to thrive again with those numbers so 
that's key. And yeah, just this also just comes at a really interesting time, just a couple of weeks after you'd wrote about how they are co-oping in so many sports now. And now you're going to have two complete, uh, completely new activities directors at both those schools. It's going to be um, kind of exciting. And also I'm just interested to see how that's going to look between the two, like, you know, who handles what sports and all of that with, you know, they're looking to make a, you know, a potential combined team name. I know they were kind of pulling out on Twitter, other places I'd see looking for um, kind of a cohesive name to put together for those two schools. So yeah, in St. Cloud with, with our two public schools there, it just is um, a lot of change and a lot of transition um, and not quite sure what it's going to look like yet, but um, it should be interesting to see how that all works out. Yeah. I mean, the, the big question is, is like you said, who's going to be handling what? Cause before it you it used to be David kind of taking control of a lot of those co-ops. Granted, there was a couple that Peter kind of took control of um, at Apollo, but um, now with you know two brand new ads, you you don't really know what to expect and who's going to handle what because um, it seemed like you know with with the fact that they had a brand new high school and you know the newer facilities. I mean, Tech was able to kind of handle a lot more just in the sense that they had the, you know, turf field and um, they were able to kind of host quite a bit. So it'll be it'll be something different um, in the sense of just trying to figure out what's going on there. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited. I'm interested to see who gets that tech position because um, obviously there's different names that are popping in my head um, from around the community that could possibly get this position. Um, but also, you know, you can also get an outsider that kind of comes in from outside of St. Cloud and, um, has a really good opportunity and a really good outlook on what to do and, you know, could get that job too. So, um, I guess we'll kind of see what happens, but overall, yeah, just kind of a lot. I, I, with Alexandria, I guess her position, she actually got hired like a month ago. Um, I, I just wasn't aware of it. Um, and then she had a couple weeks off because it's been the summertime. So actually these last couple weeks have been kind of her starting time for Apollo AD and kind of getting to know some of the different things that she has to do under this new position. Yeah. And there's also some more change. Um, you know, we won't go through all it today, but there's a couple, there's a couple openings now in wrestling boys, basketball, also at tech. Um, Sartella's a new volleyball coach. You also just met this morning, actually. Um, that you'll be writing about too. So there's a lot of changes going on. Um, you know, so it seems like they always come in waves is what I think you've realized, especially up here. It seems like it's comes in ones and twos and threes and fours for changes, not just ones. Um, so, I mean, it works out sometimes, I guess you get in that mindset, um, for you trying to report it, but, um, definitely would encourage people to go to sctimes.com, look at kind of those changes. Um, and it sounds like we're going to be getting new coaches in a couple of those sports, um, with open positions within the next coming weeks, it sounded like they told you. So, um, yeah, once again, just more and more change on the horizon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, um, it sounds like tech wrestling and boys basketball positions will be filled here in the next week. Um, sock rapids wrestling could be filled by mid August. Um, so make sure to keep checking sctimes.com because, um, I know we have at least a couple briefs that are out about some of these new coaches or these coaches that resigned as well as um, I've been doing a few fo- stories on just getting to know some of these new coaches. Um, so I know we had, you know, Trisha Bim, Bim, Bim Boom and um, Tosh New um, both at Sock Rapids. And so I was able to kind of do a fun, couple fun stories with them. 
And then I'll be doing one with Sartell's um, volleyball coach, Andy. Um, And so it's just a really good opportunity that if you have a kid on the team or if you support that team a lot, it's a good opportunity just to get to know who who that new face is going to be that's going to be directing um, that team and that program. Definitely. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a great way to get to see what it's going to look like. Cause like we keep saying, it's going to look a lot different um, at the administrative level, also at the coaching levels, we get into the fall and winter and such. So um, yeah, we just wanted to hit you with kind of a couple of those news updates to, to make sure everyone's in on the, the big changes going on. So uh, I think we're going to take a quick break here on the other side. Uh, we're going to talk about amateur baseball playoffs. Kind of look what that's going to look like for our coverage and just the leagues themselves for the next couple weeks. And then we'll wrap up with amateur soccer, too, at the end. So thanks for tuning in so far, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Uh, we got some of the we had the final regular season games for a lot of leagues over the weekend. Um, so now we do have a pretty clear picture of some of our local leagues, what that's going to look like as we kind of see who can qualify out of the league playoffs for regions, which then leads to state. Um, so still quite a few steps to go, but we do have a little better of a picture of that for amateur baseball. I guess before we get to that, Brian. Um, do you just want to talk a little bit about the Cold Spring Springers and kind of that decision that came through um, where they're not going to be playing in the postseason this year? Yeah, very sad and I, I know frustrating and disappointing for the Springers. I talked to Dave Hinkemeyer from Cold Spring Springers. He's the manager for the team. And basically what happened was is they had a they were deemed ineligible because of an ineligible player. That was on their team. Um, after hearing their story, you can, you know, obviously I'm going to tell you the facts and you can make your own assumptions out of it um, on whether or not they should be, you know, suspended from the 2021 season, But um, basically what happened was, was um, a player by the name of Eric Meyer. He's a 41 year old Cold Spring resident. Um, he retired from amateur baseball in 2012 uh didn't touch a baseball for basically throughout that entire time except for one tournament in florida um was hanging out in his backyard and one of his neighbors who's on the cold spring springers mentioned the fact that they needed guys because a lot of the springers are college athletes and they don't come back in time before they start in april so we're just looking for someone to throw um meyer said sure no problem they asked um for his release from the his former team but due to the fact that they went from a paper contract um to a, an online contract in 2020 they said that they since he wasn't on an active roster for almost eight years that it wasn't necessary so he actually pitched may 19th um they found out that night that he was deemed ineligible because he still had a contract with his former team and you cannot have two contracts with two different um, teams at the same time. You have to get a release before you sign with another team. And so he was deemed ineligible, which meant that the Springers had an ineligible player play for them, 
which is against the handbook rules. And so on June 12th, I believe it was a Sunday, um, the Minnesota Baseball Association had a board meeting and basically um, banned the Springers from 2021 postseason play, as well as um, gave them a two-year probation, which means that, you know, they, they're basically just needing to follow the rules extra carefully um, over the next couple of years. And then they have to be reinstated into the NBA um, next year before the season starts. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of um, back and forth in the sense of is banning some, a team for an entire postseason, you know, fair. Um, there wasn't, he, the Springers weren't the only ones. They, they did a, an appeal process this past Saturday and still are going to be banned from the postseason this year um, after doing their appeal process. But there was also five other teams that were deemed ineligible for the postseason this year due to different things like ineligible players and contracts and things like that. And so the question has kind of risen throughout the Minnesota area of whether that's an appropriate consequence for something like this. Obviously, I'm not the person to know about, or I don't know what's right or what's wrong, um, because I've only been covering amateur baseball for basically two seasons. But um, definitely a sore spot, to say the least, because of the fact that a lot of people thought that the Springers were maybe cheating. Their intention wasn't to cheat. Um, they just needed an arm, and that was kind of why they picked up Eric for um, that particular time. And... Um, they just the Springers are very well known around here as, you know, a, a class act team. And that's the way it should because of how, you know, what they've been able to do. They've been to the state tournament, I think, like 56 times um, in their history. Um, they know how to play baseball and they play it well. And um, this particular incident was an honest mistake. And they they know that they made a mistake and they're not, you know, they're not disagreeing with the fact that they made a mistake, um, but they want to make people know that it's an honest mistake and it wasn't intentional to, you know, possibly cheat in any way. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's it's tough just for them because, yeah, you know, you're going to miss out on the postseason. They've been to state so many um, consecutive seasons. That's kind of tough to swallow. And I know um, I know they're still trying to kind of finish out their schedule now that they do know postseason is canceled. They're trying to get enough guys. Obviously, it's kind of harder when you know there's not going to be um, a postseason or any you know end result like that to get players but I saw they're still trying to um, get some teams together the next couple of weeks or finish out their regular season and at least just you know keep playing baseball as, as long as they're allowed to um, this season which is also uh, cool to see so they won't be playing in the postseason but we do have a lot of other local teams that will be beginning their postseason play um, this coming week already uh, on Saturday especially so um, Brian, what do you think are kind of the, the key points people should know? Obviously they can go to your story online. You have the brackets up there and all the scenarios and what seed plays what and where they drop. So we don't need to go through all that because that's going to just be a headache for all of us. But what should, what are kind of the key things people should know? Key dates. The big, the big things to know is that the central Minnesota teams are all in about three different leagues. There's the sock Valley league, which includes, I believe it's 10 teams um, that split between an East and a West division. 
Um, you have the Central Valley League, which splits into four teams that are in the north and four teams in the south. And then the Stearns County League, which is, um, I believe, 10 teams as well. Um, and there's four. So basically the fifth team that finishes with the worst record in that division doesn't get to play in the postseason. So, um, and every single one of those leagues is very confusing. Every one of them is different. So I guess the best thing I would say is just go to sctimes.com because I explained it as well as I could in my article. Um, I also, like Zach said, had all the brackets out there for everybody to see. Um, The big things are, you know, the number one seeds for the Sauk Valley League is the Sartell Muskies from the West. Um, They finished undefeated in the league. I think they only had one loss this entire season, um, going like 26-1. and Um, On the other side, Monticello Polecats, they're the number one seed from the East. And so um, St. Joseph Joe's from around this area, they're the number two seed in the West. So there's a a handful of very, you know, familiar names and and different different teams from the area. Um, But... Sock Valley League, they'll be playing at all the high seeds um, for the course of the of the time. And then what happens is, is they have six seeds that go to the region tournament. So after your league playoffs, you go to the region tournament, play in regions. If you are, I believe, like top three in the region, you get qualified to go to state tournament. So um, there's going to be a lot of baseball being played over the next week or four or five weekends um before states start um and then yeah it's just so talk valley will have six seeds that'll be going um into the region tournament that will be determined by you know who wins and who loses um central valley the top three seeds from the north they will be playing in the region that has sock valley league and then the south division of the central valley league they will be playing in the region that has the Stearns County League. And then the Stearns County will have six seeds that will be going into um, the region tournament as well. So um, kind of confusing in that sense. But um, if you read my story, I hope it makes sense. I read it over like three, four times before I actually hit the publish button, and it made sense to me. I tried to dumb it down as much as possible. (laughs) So... I guess there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's only so much can be done. There's just so many scenarios. I think almost the best way to think about it is what they're doing right now. It'd be like if high schools had a conference tournament, but only a certain amount of those teams from the conference tournament get to play in sections, regionals that'll be in a couple of weeks, kind of like sections, and then states like state. That's easier to understand. So um, it's just a lot different. Like you said, it's weird because if you're a certain seed in one league, you play a different seed from another league to get a spot and then crossovers and they're playing at different times, different days, different sites. Um, there's a lot going on, but if you follow along, I know, especially each week, um, cause almost all these games are exclusively Saturdays and Sundays and Brian's, um, just working during the work week right now, Monday to Friday during the summer, but I'll beat some of those Saturday games to cover them, be there in person, get photos. And then Brian's going to be the one kind of on Mondays, I know when he starts his week, he's going to recap all the stuff that happened over the weekend um, and kind of fill everyone in on what that's going to look like for um, the week ahead is kind of how we plan to tackle it for the next, gosh, it's probably going to be four or five, six weeks until the state tournament happens or gets fully through that goes over the course of a couple weekends too. So 
Um, there's going to be a lot of baseball going on. But, yeah, the, the big things, like Brian said, to keep an eye on are um, the Muskies and Joes uh, and Rockies are all hosting this current weekend. I'm going to be at the Joes game where they play Becker, which Brian just saw those two teams play uh, last week, and it was a walk-off game, so I'm kind of hoping for another good game this time when I see them on Saturday afternoon. Muskies are going to be home at 7.30, and Rockies are going to be home at 7.30 also um, on Saturday. So, And then we'll just kind of see from there um, how the bracket plays out and where all our local teams kind of stand at the end of it. Yeah, and, and like you like you kind of said, I mean, basically baseball is going to be happening every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday, from now until Labor Day weekend. Um, so, I mean, we'll be having coverage. I know Zach's going to be out there pretty much every weekend. I might be there one weekend, maybe a couple weekends, um, depending on how the results are in the sense of um, who makes it to what round or whatever. But my hope is is to get out there and be able to cover a couple of games here and there. But like he said, Mondays, I'll do kind of a recap from the weekend, update the brackets, um, publish a new story out there so that everybody can see um, and kind of get you ready for the next weekend um, and what's in store. So should be kind of, I mean, I'm excited for it. Obviously, last year we covered it quite a bit because it was the only thing going on in the sports world around here. Um, but um, it's just kind of crazy because I got back from vacation and like we had two weeks before playoffs started. So it was like, okay, well, I'll go watch one or two games. And then after that, I guess we'll figure out how the rest of it's going to go. So um, so it's just kind of crazy in that sense. But I think I think it'll be really fun. Um, we have some really good teams around here. And the fun part is, is there's a lot of athletes, like high school athletes, that are playing on all these different teams. So like even though we've only said, you know, Sartell Muskies, St. Joseph Joes, and the Rockies, like farming has Ethan Navratil from Albany and Will Mergen from Albany, you know, and like all of these local areas have at least one or two high school athletes that played on the teams that we covered back in the, back in the spring. Yeah. And, you know, stone ponies have seven, five, six, seven guys as well from Sartell. And yeah, like you said, a lot of those Stearns County league teams do um, too. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of familiar names and faces to see um that we'll we'll get a chance to to cover over the next couple of weeks yeah i know we're both excited um to get the postseason underway and lastly too i just want to talk a little bit about amateur soccer which is where i was at last night um you know amateur soccer almost similar to amateur baseball where you have you know amateur baseball itself you have legion you have vfw there's just a million different leagues um soccer especially in this area also in the cities is just very popular as well and has a lot of different leagues um, and classifications, it can be confusing, but uh, the one that I was covering last night and be covering Thursday as well is St. Cloud Dynamo FC, which is um, a club that plays um, in the amateur soccer league for Minnesota that has it has four different tiers. And then even above that classification, there's a couple other leagues that have a lot of, you know, college players, D1 guys, kind of it's just a, a place where either if you're just someone that still likes to play soccer or if you are a college athlete, um, all these different leagues are available throughout the summer give a chance for guys to just kind of stay fresh and continue to uh get game time as as the fall and, and spring roll around wherever they are playing so um you know i got to see their they have two teams they have one dynamo has one team in the first division they've um they started in the fourth division and they've got promoted every single year up to the top um so that team is gonna be playing tomorrow night they're kind of in a battle to um win the league hopefully 
for them. Um, they're, they're third right now. They were sitting in second for a little bit, so there's still a good chance they could make a push for that. And then the team I saw last night, they're called Dynamo FC 18. Um, not to be confused with like U18 teams, which some have, but this is just the year they were established was 2018, so that's what they call themselves. Um, and they're in the third division. Um, it's a lot of the younger guys or more inexperienced guys, kind of. Um, but they're also... Um, have been promoted before and stuff right now. They're kind of sitting closer to the bottom of the table, but I got to see them play last night. They tied three to three with the top team in the division. Um, so they're kind of making big strides as well. Um, so that was just cool to, to get out and see them. I hadn't got to see them before and I'm a pretty big soccer fan myself. So um, I was just excited to, to get out. I know the game um, on Thursday night is supposed to be big kind of for, for that playoff position. And if you do, you know, win the division, um, there's always talk of either moving up to even, you know, a different league that has, you know, even better talent. It's kind of always just continuing with, with, cause they're a newer program. They started about 2016, 2017. So um, it's just kind of always looking to, to continue building it, getting more guys. A lot of the guys are from St. Cloud area. They, they're really key on trying to do that. Um, keep that local talent. And one guy I got to talk to last night was Jack Torkelson from Brainerd. Actually, he drives down from Brainerd for every single game, which can be, you know, two, three, four times a week. And he plays on both teams as well. He scored two goals last night. Um, he plays at Gustavus and yeah, just a really talented kid too. So it was just cool. They play out at Whitney park, same place cathedral plays. Um, and yeah, I would just, I would advise people just to, if you do like soccer, go out and check it out. Cause I had a lot of fun watching it last night. Um, and I know, uh, and that was the division three level. And I know even the division one level, um, has some really elite talent too. Um, you know, there's the Lommel brothers from Apollo, that play on the team, um, you know, that have had a lot of success too. And there's a ton of familiar names, um, from around the area too. So that's just another thing. Um, I think people should keep on their radar, um, cause there's a lot going on in the summer. It's hard to keep track of everything, but that's, that's a big thing I'm kind of trying to focus on as well this week. Yeah, no. And, and I mean, a few takeaways, first of all, Don, dynamo as a name is just great. I mean, I, I think that's just a great name overall. But also, I mean, the cool part about these amateur teams, and just like amateur baseball, similar to amateur soccer, a lot of these younger guys are able to have the capabilities of playing in it. And it helps them in the sense that, you know, when the fall time comes and we have boys soccer and girls soccer going on, um, they, you know, they don't really skip a beat when it comes to being on the field and competing. Um, and so I know... I know for you, like you said, soccer is a is a big sport for you. You like watching soccer, and I think it's something that's a, you know, something that is growing around here. And obviously, with the success that Tech has had in boys soccer over the last couple of se- or last handful of seasons, um, you know, clearly something is working around here. And um, and it's not just Tech. I mean, Apollo's been having some good seasons as well. Sartell had a good season. Cathedral's been. I mean, I don't think they've lost a conference game and knows how long so um so i mean clearly it's working around here and um it's just fun to see and i mean if you have some time go i'd encourage you to go out out to sctimes.com and check out his gallery check out his story um i haven't been able to read his story quite yet because we were gonna we literally podcasted right after he published it so um haven't been able to read it but i i saw his gallery and some really fun photos um he got a really nice photo of a goalkeeper um that was like you could see like 
he already knew it was in the goal and he was like kind of sad about the fact that it was in the goal. Uh, but it, it was like he was just fully extended up in the air. <laughs> so, um, but no, a very, very fun, fun opportunity for, for us because that's stuff that we don't get to do during the regular season. So um, a little bit of some some fun things to do during the summertime. So um, definitely go check that out. And like he said, yeah, if you have some time, go check out a game because I might, it, I mean, after seeing all what he was able to do, it might be kind of fun to stop over there sometimes. So, um, yeah, I mean, they have two, they have, you know, they have three St. Cloud State players that were playing that I saw last night. Um, their coach was there too. I got to to talk to as well. I've met him a couple of times um, as well. Um, so, I mean, there's just, yeah, uh, Sean Holmes, their coach. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot to, to be excited about. Soccer's kind of growing. Like, yeah, I mean, you'll have, have those guys that I got to see play. I mean, you have a Division Two team coming in at St. Cloud State that's starting up for officially for the first time. They played a couple kind of, you know, friendlies, practice matches in the spring, but they'll have their first full season at Division Two level. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of lot happening, as always, in the soccer world around central Minnesota right now. Um, and Dynamo FC is just kind of a big part of it that just continues to grow. Definitely. Well, good. Well, I think that'll kind of wrap up this podcast. Um, next week, we'll probably have some updates from amateur baseball. Um, we'll also have probably some updates on some new coaching signings, maybe, um, depending on how things unravel over the next week. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, I think that's kind of what the plan is for next week. Uh, anything else that I might have missed, Zach? I don't think so. Yeah, we're just going to continue to to report and do as the news comes to us. It seems like it's coming to us more than we're finding it um, <laughs> the last couple of days, but sometimes that's how it works out. So, uh, yeah, just continue to stay tuned to sctimes.com where uh, that's where we're going to break all this news first, and that's where you can check it out. So uh, thanks again for everyone that tuned into the podcast once again this week, and we will see you again next time.